Hello everybody, welcome to Best Books Ever, and I'm Tyler, as always, and today we're covering, we're back at it, <laughs> back at it doing Well of Ascension, uh, part two, but technically part three of the book itself, uh, what is it, chapters 28 to 38, much shorter, <laughs> Much shorter, thankfully, than the last part. Last part was great because you know we had a bunch of uh, you know a bunch of beginning stuff. Getting back into it, start of the second book. Normally, the second book with trilogies is like I feel like the most stuff happens in the second book because the first book's like opening up the world. Third book is usually everything coming together. The second book, I think, does the heavy lifting. Um, and I think that was true for last for last time. This time feels very much like a like a transitionary part, which makes sense because, like I said, it's part three of part six. The way the actual book is set up, but uh, yeah, so we'll talk about that. So um, as always, we'll start at the end because the end is always the most exciting, uh, the big sort of uh, clutching our pearls type reaction uh you know scene that we had at the end there i I forgot that it ended this way was ellen getting outvoted by pet by by penrod not set so you know there's there's definitely a few things there so the first is set not even getting close you know after all those threats and all those uh bribes and everything and then he only got what like two two votes i think and then they got taken away. So, like, with that, I wonder... I wonder why. You know? A lot of people voted for Penrod. It's it, it's very interesting to me that... People didn't... I, I, I don't know, because, you know, Seth kind of came and he made a lot of really good points. And I feel like as the reader, we're not supposed to agree with him. But he made a lot of really good points. He's already a king. You know, he's been successful. Um... You know, Penrod's never been a king. Ellen has been king for a very short time and hasn't been, you know, super successful. You know, get not gotten the results that really anyone wants. You know, that's kind of one of his points that he makes in his head where he's like, no one wants the same thing. <laughs> and many of them want contradictory, uh, you know, like rewards and promises and stuff. So Set coming in, he got the soldiers looking very strong, too, for him to just show up in the middle of everything. Um, you would think more people voted for him, but then I look at it from the other way, and I'm like, oh, I wonder if Set made a deal with Penrod. You know, you know, nothing wrong with Penrod. All we, all we know of him so far is he seems pretty cool. You know, you know he definitely seems like one of the more, uh, you know, rational noblemen that we've ever seen. Um, so, you know, you know, maybe there was something there with Set where he... It's sort of deal, the sort of power, something in return. Shifted everything to Penrod because Penrod, or sorry, because Set seems like he's not really the type of guy that wants to do a whole lot. He just wants to have the power and bask in it. You know, some there's some sort of uh, you know sort of relationship there that that he formed with with Penrod. Um, I don't know. Um, so yeah, that that was like the big cliffhanger. I don't know. I mean, I do know, but, you know, because I've, I've read this before, but, um, 
looking at everything as it is now, like what, what was actually on the paper up until this point. I mean, I think Penrod would make an okay king. You know, Ellen just kind of thought about it before. And he's like, ah, Penrod's a good nobleman. He's got the knowledge, but eh, he's, is he a leader? You know, I mean, we don't even know that Ellen's a good leader. I mean, clearly, <laughs> you know, he, he's only so well before he got thrown out. Uh, but is Penrod a good leader? Hmm. It's going to be interesting to see. You know, I think he'll be good enough. I mean, I definitely think he'll be better than someone like Set or Straff. We definitely want him more. But again, Ellen is the only one that's going to bring in this, like, new world. No one else wants to because, you know, change is hard. Change is scary. Especially for a nobleman who it's like, why would I go back? Like, like why would I change things? Like, life for a nobleman is great. <laughs> Fantastic. Are you kidding me? Why would why would I want to give up my power, give the Ska power? Ska, Ska work for us. Why would I change that? You know? It would only hurt us. No, you know, so, so Penrod's going to be the same way, obviously. He doesn't care, you know? Um, you know, I'm sure he'll maybe try to adopt some of the more, you know, like practical ideals that Ellen has, has come in with. And, you know, maybe even, you know, Set talked about like, first thing I would do, become king, kill you. I can't have old kings lying around. Or, you know, you, you, you at least got to leave. Penrod, I could see being someone who's like, I'm not going to kill you. But, you know, I mean, honestly, I, I, I could even see him being someone that, looks to Ellen for like, like, lets Ellen be someone that he goes to for some sort of advice, maybe for like certain things. Not the only person, obviously, he'll have, he'll have other people. Um, and he probably wouldn't even keep Ellen that close to him because, you know, he is still the old king that he sort of dethroned. Um, you know, so like he would be the one person that, you know, I, I could see not being super harsh to Ellen, but, um, yeah, I don't know. He's, he's still a nobleman at the end of the day. He's still a nobleman of the of the old guard. And that's the thing is that Ellen never was. You know, Set, Straff, Penrod, they all were. Ellen was just a kid. Some would say he still is. And so he, you know, he never was really a part of that. Like even, you know, not only because of his age, but also, you know, Vin, I think, brings this up too, where where she's like, ah, oh, he never really, you know, he, he he never really was a part of anything. You know, he he never really attended. Like he, he attended the balls only when he had to. And even when he was there, he wasn't really there. You know, and then the only reason he even went there uh, was so that he could meet up with his friends. You know, so he is different. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see how this ends up. We see how bad it is. I mean, again, I think from like the perspective of him trying to change things, I think Penrod is definitely the best option but I again i i don't know i really feel like he might have made some deal with set you know especially because hey the set is still a threat straff is still a threat the the the, the, the colos are here it's like this is done but like <laughs> there's so much more to deal with right now so we'll see um more stuff I guess we'll just talk about the Kolos real quick, because I mentioned them. Kolos are here. Uh, that's a big thing. A third army has now joined the siege. Um, don't know how that's going to go. Kolos, seemingly the most unpredictable bunch of uh, them. 
strat and set. Uh, seemingly, they could destroy either one of those armies. Maybe not together. You know, I think that was kind of the plan there. Maybe just have them all skirmish outside and hope that none of them are strong enough to then come in and invade Eland and, and, and you know, do that. But now it's different because Eland's not in charge anymore. But just stick up with the Kolos. Again, terrifying creatures. Don't know how Justice is keeping them in line. And uh, very scared. Very scared because even though Eland's not king anymore, Penrod now has to deal with them. Or Penrod and Set. Or if Straff comes in and makes a deal, you know, that's another thing too. We haven't we haven't really seen Straff too much, you know? He hasn't really been a part of this too and you know, and, I mean in this whole part we haven't I'm trying to look through all of my notes um that I was making. I don't really think Straff came up at all in this part. So that's something. Um so yeah, Golos, very dangerous. Very excited to learn more about them though. You know, you know, I feel like that's one of the cool things about, I think, this book in particular, it kind of goes back to my point of, like, uh, the, like, general role of each book in a trilogy. Second book, I feel like, usually is where we get deeper into the lore of the world when it comes to a trilogy. Um, you know, because they want to expand the universe, and they want to give you crazy amounts of information about the the world and the characters and stuff for the closing, which is the third book. And so far, we have been taking a peek into the Terrace people, into the Chandra. Now we have the the Kolos. It's like, ah, you know, we should learn, learn more about them. Maybe learn where they came from. Um, if they really are just these, like, almost like mindless completely driven by instinct creatures or if there is some sort of uh intelligence behind them you know because we always thought the mis race were something and then turned out to be something else and now they're the cousins of chandra it's like how does that whole family tree work there um so yeah interesting stuff there uh what else do we have okay so another huge thing for me because i love vin vin's my favorite character in this entire series um that's kind of like a cop-out because she's the main character. But still, love her very much. Uh, one of the sadder uh, plot points of this series is her, right? Is her trust, I think. Her gaining... Not only gaining the trust, but just like... <laughs> learning how to trust just as a concept. Uh, you know, she was able to build that up in the first book. And I think she got to a pretty good spot. By the end of the first book, I mean, the end of the first book kind of, <laughs> it kind of was another dip with, you know, her feeling Kelsey betrayed her. But for, for the most part, overall, uh, you, know, you know, I think she's learned the concept of trust. Um, and now it's, as this book has gone on, it's been wavering a lot, especially with her and Ellen. I mean, the whole idea of a conjurous spy hasn't helped. But her and Ellen, you know, she's very unsure of herself. Um, and so a moment here that I think just adds to that and something that I don't think we could have ever foreseen because so far it's just been, oh, I don't think I'm good enough for him. I don't, you know, you know, he deserves someone who's not a bodyguard, who's not like a thug, not just a pewter thug, but just the, the, the idea of a thug, you know, you know, he deserves someone like Al Rian or, you know, whoever, right? I'm not that, you know, and then, and then we're getting in 
to her own head about the whole like weapon thing, the, the tool thing, which we'll get into in a second, because there's some stuff that plays around with that. Um, but but this moment where she has to defend Ellen from the 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 six assassins, great fight scene, uh, very very desperate and very like animalistic, where it's like, oh no, we're immediately on. Ellen is here. I have to protect him because that's never really happened before. Like we saw inklings of it when uh, back before the collapse happened. Uh, there was assassins sent after Ellen from Shan, right? So there was a little bit of that there. Her and Ellen didn't really communicate at all at that point. And then when Ellen sort of came to save Vin at the at Credit Shaw, that again sort of happened, but you didn't really see a whole lot. This is the first time where she's full on like a full battle having to defend him. And Ellen has to see her fight like full on. No, just like quick shots, get out of here. No, this is a fight from start to finish and a very brutal one because it is six to one. Um, very crazy. And then it ends with her <laughs> basically like, like headbutting this dude's face so hard that it explodes <laughs> because she uses the last bit of her, her Duralumin mixed with the pewter because she, she's going to die again. Like, to her credit, she didn't just do that for fun. <laughs> she wasn't like, hmm, what's a what's a creative way to kill this last guy? Like, no, like she like to do the the he was using pewter, very strong on top of her, like choking her out. And so it's like, you know, Vin, Vin is, you know, uh characteristically small. That's kind of part of her her character, you know, not only physically but also uh you know, just like the aura she gives off, right? That's sort of her thing. It's like, oh, that's why she needs the Mistborn stuff. And that's why it's crazy that she can do certain things. Um, so, like, she was going to die until unless she did something drastic. Very, very cool. The problem is that Ellen saw her, and Ellen has never seen anything like that, let alone Vin, you know, in, in particular. And then we, we hear this from Vin's perspective where she reads that as horror on his face like 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 he's a he's now turned a corner he's now afraid of her maybe even disgusted with her and we don't see anything after that that happens it basically cuts then we see the aftermath where ellen is sitting there kind of shooken up talking to ham i believe um, and then they say, oh, we're, we're continuing the vote because today's like the last day. So if they don't do anything, crown reverts back to Ellen. They're not going to let that happen. So we don't see Vin after that. And that's the end of the book. Not, 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 not the end of the book. <laughs> the end of the part. So we don't see Vin at all. I imagine we're going to see Vin next part. It, it might even open up with her. And like her, like, well, I don't know, because, you know, a lot of times parts will have like time skips. So I don't know. But like that, that little bit right there, I think was heartbreaking because we know the, the whole trust thing, right? I've already, I've already talked about it. People leaving her, right? Kelsier left, died, right? Reen left. Saza left, came back, but Saza did leave. 
back when the clan was looking down i mean i mean after kelsier died they all talked about leaving it's like the, the these things happened ellen left right came back to credit shaw but he still like like there was still that moment where vin thought that's it another person left me so that all kind of swirls around in her mind i think constantly i think it's dampened as the days go on but i think she does still talk about it enough for this to happen where she doesn't only have to think about ellen like not finding use for her or whatever which is so stupid it's again it, it's it's a very vin perspective but if you if you pull out of it and you look at it from the outside it's like that's that's not how love works <laughs> it's not like oh man he doesn't need you as a misborn and like the only reason he loves you is because you're misborn it's like no it's not it's not at all like he's he started liking you before he knew you were misborn i'm trying to figure out when he found out that she was fully misborn i don't know but it was it was a while after he he met her but now she has this other thing it's like, oh, another reason why he's going to leave me, because that's what she thinks. He's now afraid of me. The very thing that was keeping me with him, again, from, from her perspective, was that I was a misborn. I can do these things. I can be his knife. But now he sees me doing that, and, he, and he's utterly horrified with me and, like, and like what I do and what I am. He's never going to see me as... Uh, you know, as a wife. That's terrible. <laughs> That's a terrible thing. Like, again, I, I imagine the next time we see Vin, she's going to be, like, super depressed. And, like, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's really bad. It's a really bad spot for her right now. <laughs> um, but, yeah. So, on top of that, Vin has many other worries. Uh, Zane said that basically that, that, that he's going to have to kill her at some point. Basically, the choice that he gave her, which is very similar to the choice that Ellen got from Set, is I'm going to either have to kill you or you're going to have to leave. Virtually the same thing. And Zane, I'm just so over Zane at this point. Like, he's... He's just a broken record, you know, he just keeps saying, like, as soon as they met, I was like, he's gonna say it, and he said it, he was like, oh, he, Ellen doesn't understand you, and I just, I just hate whenever he says that, because again, it just doesn't, it, it holds no weight, like, because your, by your logic, Vin could only ever be with, and not even romantically, just like, friends, you know, the only people she should ever associate with is Mistborn, because Mistborn can only be understood by other Mistborn. It's like, that. that's clearly not the case. Like, yes, he will never know what it's like to be a Mistborn, but that doesn't mean that he can't understand other aspects about her better than anyone else can, which I think he does. It also doesn't mean he can't love her either. And it also doesn't mean that she can't love him because he's not Mistborn. He's not even an Alamancer of any sort. So again, it's just, it's just him projecting because of the life that he had and because he sees Vin 
that he, she's also had a very bad life and so she, and you know she's a misborn so he's like oh she's like me so she must feel exactly like i feel except i understand the way i feel and she doesn't so so you know i'm i'm doing her a favor by saying these things to her because she doesn't know now but she will and then she'll you know will be the same person but that's just not the case you know it, it's it's completely different Vin was able to find people that love her and she loves them back. You know, Kelsier, all of all the Kelsier's crew, you know, Ellen, all these people. And unfortunately for Zane, he never did. He was never able to do that uh, because he was just constantly under the thumb of Straff. And that's, that's, that is where they differ because imagine if Vin was never found by Kelsier, she would have been under, uh, you know, under Kamen, or maybe someone else after that, we don't know if she would have stayed with him forever, but, you know, she would have maybe never found out she was misborn, and, you know, even an Alamancer of any sort, and she would have just been under the thieving crew leaders for the rest of her life, and she would have probably had a, had and kept a very similar mindset to Zane for her whole life. So like that's the difference is that she found people to love and Zane never did. But Zane doesn't see it that way. So Zane is projecting his own feelings onto Vin. And unfortunately for Vin, some of it is sticking. And I think that this right here is, is really going to hurt her, um, you know, with how she is perceiving Ellen's uh, own perception of her. I don't think that she's going to fully accept Zane and be like, you're now my brother, <laughs> you know, like, I, I don't think that's going to happen because that would, that would be a little too far off for, for Vin's character. But I do think if they talk again before, especially if, if it's before Vin and Ellen have like a true conversation with each other, I do think it's going to be very interesting. Um... What else do we have? Let's see. Let's go Church of the Survivor. Church of the Survivor. That was a big thing in this part. Now, obviously, the whole, like, Demu stuff uh, with, like, Captain Demu. Uh, not really much worth talking about with him specifically. But the whole church thing, we know how much Vin hates her role in the church, her being the lady heir, her basically having to take all the responsibility from Kelsey and put it on herself when she doesn't want any of that, right? We talked about it last part. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was last part, right? Um, so now how it's just grown, right? The Church of the Five Survivors seems to be getting more powerful. Uh, Elland has now devoted himself to the church, which is a very weird thing for their relationship. Um, and... Uh, yeah, and also these, like, new rumors about her as well. Not, not only her being the lady heir and being the super important figure, but also these, these just, like, weird things about her being the one to bring back the yellow sun <laughs> to, like, get rid of the the ash. It's just like, I don't, that's not, I, I'm not going to do that, you know? <laughs> like, I can't. I don't think I'd have control over that. I don't think I'm that powerful. Like, I I can't do these things. But, you know, you, you can definitely see why it would get to her because 
these people think it's real. Like these people think this is actually going to happen, not just something to hope for. You know, I think that's something that Vin finally realizes in herself where, you know, Kelsier's last words to Lord Ruler was that I am hope. You know, you know, I'm something that you can never kill. And while Vin, I think, finally realizes that that was the whole point of all this is giving them hope and that might be somewhat her role as well. She's like, I can't, she doesn't feel that, that she can actually live up to any of that. Um, my opinion is that I don't think she has to, you know, I don't think she has to somehow find a way to make the grass green again, but I do think she should embrace just a little bit and embrace her role as the lady heir. I don't think she's going to be one like gallivanting around like Kelsier was. But I do think she can use this to her advantage. I mean, even just to get closer to this guy. Um, I don't know. And just like a little selfishly gain a little bit more more power for herself. You know, because I mean, if if this church of the survivor, this, this lady heir thing could help her in any way, help Kelsier, not, not Kelsier, help Ellen, you know, help the crew, help them keep control of Luthadel or whatever. Like, I think it's just another, you know, another tool in her toolkit, basically. Um, but unfortunately her, her personality doesn't really allow her to do that. Um, but we'll see. I mean, you know, maybe she'll come around on it at some point. Um, I don't know. It's hard because I, I, I don't know what or who would be able to convince her of that. Because she just really doesn't like that. And, and, and I think not only her personality, but also it being Kelsier. And she's like, I knew Kel Like, we knew Kelsier. <laughs> we knew him. He was not a god. <laughs> he was a man. You know, and then for, for that to be what the church is based on and for her to be a part of that it's like i'm not a god either like i can't i can't do these things um it's tough it's tough uh what else do we have what else do we have only a few more things but i think pretty important i think i got three more three more points for you um orosaur orosaur is an interesting topic um you know we've seen him grow more and more with the coming chapters, with the chapters we've read so far. Um, I like how Vin and him have gotten a lot closer. Um, you know, I I noted pretty early on in the in, in, in this section of chapters that we read um, that one interaction I found very interesting was they were in a meeting, you know, one of their Ellen meetings or whatever, and or so I think made a joke about how, you know, he thinks that the meetings would go a lot smoother if Breeze and Ham were not invited. Because Breeze and Ham bicker, you know, they, they kind of throw shots at each other. And Vin was like, oh, they're not that bad. And like, ah, well, maybe they are that bad. But, you know, we, we love them and we deal with it. And, you know, we, we all bring something to the table, basically, you know, just like, you know, it's very much a family at this point. It's, it's not just a crew, it's a family. Um, and Orosaur makes a joke about eating one of them or eating both of them. I don't know, because he's a chondra. And I love the way this was written because he makes the joke and Vin 
then pauses. She doesn't say anything. She doesn't make a face. She, she just pauses. And then Orsor quickly tries to backpedal. And he's like, oh, no, sorry. That's a, uh, it's, it, it's just conjure humor. It can be a bit dark sometimes. I'm very sorry. I didn't, didn't mean it. And then you, you can see that Vin is still sort of processing it. And I think that that small pause that she has when Orsor is saying all this, I, I, I think that's her internally. Her first reaction, I think, is to be disgusted by Orsor's joke because we know how much she hates that he ate Kelsier. Um, again, you know, we've already kind of gone through this where we realized that the bigger reason why she hates him or hated him, resented him, was because he was the only one that knew that Kelsier was going to die and he should have tried to stop Kelsier or maybe tell us so we can try to stop Kelsier. But, you know, you know, I think whether she specifically hates that he ate Kelsier or not, him eating Kelsier is still a direct pathway to that that true reason about you know having this knowledge and so him making a joke like that i think her immediate thought is to be disgusted or to be very thrown off guard um you know to maybe snap at him and say hey don't you know don't ever make jokes about eating my friends something like that but her pausing i think she was able to get away from that initial thought and and she was able to realize like he didn't mean anything malicious by it. it was a joke. It was literally a joke, you know. We were in the middle of talking about how, you know, Breeze and Ham can sort of get into us sometimes and delay us. He was trying to lighten the mood. We we're trying to look at his intentions. Looking at the past year or however long it's been, you know, I think, yeah, he hasn't, he's, uh, you know, he does everything I, I want him to do. You know, lately he's been doing things on his own for me, which is very interesting. You know, so I think there's a lot of thoughts going on in her head in that, like, two-second time frame. And what she ends up doing is making jokes that, that play off of that. Like, oh, I don't know if you'd like ham, he's stringy or something, and then, you know, breeze, whatever, right? And they, you know, they kind of continue that, that, like, joke pattern for, for a couple more exchanges. And... I, I I made note of that because six months ago, Vin would have never done that. Vin probably would have snapped at him. But the fact that she played along with him, I think is major growth on her end. And I think is major growth with their relationship. Because even with this part, we see how much closer they've gotten, how much they're able to talk to each other. Um, you know, it, it even goes to the end which I have some questions on where I don't remember exactly what the Chondra law is or sort of said it a few times. So Chondra aren't allowed to harm humans or are they not allowed to kill humans? Because I'm pretty sure at the end there when they were fighting, didn't Orsor like, like tackle one of those assassins or something, you know, because I know at the end he was able to get there and give, um, give Vin vials of metal, but like, did he like tackle them or something or, or did he just kind of charge in? 
I don't know. I was, I was very confused by that part on like if he actually did something to another human or not, or if he just kind of charged in and caused a ruckus. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But uh, even just that, like like jumping into Outlet, he didn't have to do that. Vin didn't tell him to do that. Vin didn't even call out to him in that moment, let alone before it started, be like, hey, if anything goes down, <laughs> you know, like she didn't do anything like that. So for him to jump in and help her, it's like maybe growing a little bit of fondness for Vin. Maybe he has already grown a fondness for Vin. That'd be cool, you know? Um, and the last two things are kind of connected. So we have this whole history research stuff that's happening in the background. Um, with the, the logbook, the etching, the mists, Lord Ruler, Deepness, Well of Ascension, all this stuff, all the... All the keywords. <laughs> and, um, some stuff to point out. Uh, Vin has a great conversation towards, you know, towards the beginning of this section with Sazed. Uh, one thing I really like is how Vin is like researching, you know, and so, you know, we've already seen Ellen be like, Are you, are you taking notes? <laughs> and then in this part, Sazed does the same thing. Did you write these notes? <laughs> And Finn is like, why, why does everyone keep keep saying that? <laughs> why is everyone so baffled when they see that I can write notes? Um, but I really like this, this conversation they have. Again, it's it's a very blunt way, I think, for Brandon Sanderson to, like, get some exposition out and, like, um, play with some theories that the reader at this point should be having about the deepness and the well of ascension and lord ruler and all that for him to just be like oh i'm just gonna have vin and sazed sort of like work through it you know it's very cool um but basically what comes out of it is that vin believes that the mists are the deepness in some form or fashion right sazed pulls up some points to sort of disprove it vin is very stubborn very blunt um, I like Sazed's perspective from this because Sazed is like, it's, it's very refreshing, you know, being from a world of scholars and there's a certain way that like scholars research information, there's a certain way that they present it, a certain way that they, um, back up what they're saying or, or, you know, you know, what their theories are. And then to talk to Vin and she's just like, I'm right. <laughs> I'm right. Like, I, I, I believe I'm right. And so it, it, it doesn't matter what you say. And for her to be like, okay, interesting, <laughs> you know, and like, not for Saza to get upset and be like, you're dumb, like you, what do you mean you're right, you're, you're, you're a foolish human who doesn't like, no, he's just like, yeah, and I love another thing that, that, that he thinks too, where, where he's like, um, she just moves, she just thinks purely on instinct, and she's usually right, which is so true, because there's been so many times where, he's seen her do this, you know, and it's like, what is she doing, and then she's correct, and it's like, how, <laughs> how does Vin know this, and so, you know, not only her approach, but also knowing her, it also makes him hesitate to just be like, ah, she, she might be right, though, <laughs> you know, 
Um, and then she also tells him about the, the, the figure in the mists, which, you know, which kind of catches him off guard because he also obviously read the same stuff that Vin did. And so, and so for Vin to be like, no, 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 this happened to me too. Cause you know, up until this point, you know, I think Saza might just be thinking in his head that, you know, she's sort of reading the logbook and sort of like letting that implant ideas in her, you know, you know, now she's like, oh, I got this theory, but for, for her to say, for her to bring up the figure in the mists and be like, no, it, it, what it, it did hurt people. And it does kind of match up with what you've seen back out like West or wherever Sazed was and him to be like, oh no, there's no, I didn't actually see it happen or whatever. And then the figure, that's crazy. And then for her to just drop it on him and say, I've seen it. I've seen the figure. She didn't say that the figure touched her. She didn't go that far to be like, it, 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 it like grabbed her wrist and she like spasmed or something. But even that little bit was able to, to like catch Sazed off guard and be like, no, what do you mean you've seen him? That's, or not him, it. And now in his own head to be like, oh no, what if she's right? What if it's real, you know? And at that point, it's like, he is a scholar, so, you know, he, you know, he wants to find the truth. But this is one thing where I'm sure he's like, I really hope she's wrong. <laughs> I really hope she's wrong, because if, if she's right, this is bad. This is very bad. Um, scholar Vin, something you never expected to see. And then that kind of rolls into the, the second thing I was going to bring up, which is kind of the whole, like, second part of this almost which is uh, Sazed in Tindwil, uh, doing some research, and they kind of come across the same thing. Sazed asks her and is like, you think the deepness is the mists? And she's like, yeah. And he's like, I do too. <laughs> so it's funny that, like, again, Vin was not the first person, you know, like even when Vin came into, Saz uh, you know, came into Sazed's room and was like, I think it's the mists. And he was like, oh, yes, that is a theory I've heard before. And she's like, it is. <laughs> she's like, so disappointed that she's not the first person to have thought of it. So, like, obviously, you know, again, she wasn't the first person. But for Vin to bring it up to him and be like, no, I'm right. Like, it is the mists. It all lines up in my head. And for him to, like, be like, ah, you know, maybe, maybe. And then all this time later, you know, months later at this point, him and Sazit, or uh, him and Tindwell to do some research and then both come across the same conclusion to be like, we both think it's the mist as well. It's so funny. Like, I can't wait. I mean, at some point, I imagine Sazed and Vin are going to speak about this. And Vin's going to be like, I told you. <laughs> I was right. You didn't believe me. Again, we don't know. Like, no one knows that that's what it is because there's been no hard proof. But it, it's funny that they all kind of have the same uh, leading theory. And it does make sense, you know, cause you know, I love the research that Vin put in behind her point because, you know, I, you know, I think it's one thing Sazed makes it a point to say it's, it's bad to go into researching something with an answer already in mind, because then you'll start to tie things to the answer that aren't necessarily tied together. Because you're like, well, because you're like subconsciously wanting this thing to be true. 
And so your brain will kind of make some connections that aren't really there or they're soft connections, but you're making them hard connections. But Vin said, nah, forget that. Here's what I think. And then she started to like retroactively be like, well, that makes sense with the mists. And then that makes sense with the mist. And that makes sense with the mists. It's like, it might be true. You know, you know, even like a lot of the authors, uh, uh, a lot of the way that he says certain things, you know, he was like, oh, you know, he didn't say that, um, like, I don't know, just like the way he said that the, you know, their weapons weren't, uh, weren't effective against the deepness. It's like, why would he say it like that? You know, if, if the deepness was like a, a like physical monster or something, that's probably not how he would word that. He would probably say, oh, the, the, the deepness slapped the swords out of my soldier's hands or something. You know what I mean? Like, but he said, oh, they weren't effective. So if they were the mists, you, 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 you try to slice mists, nothing happens, right? You know, even some of the parts that Sazed and, and, and Tindwell were kind of focusing on in this about the food and about how it said that the, the deepness like went away or something but the effects of the deepness uh like destroyed our food supply or something it's like what it's like okay so that would make sense like you know if the, if the, if the deepness is the mists the mists are everywhere maybe they somehow like tainted the food or something um very easy to do if you're mists because you're just kind of in the air <laughs> you know um so that could also be something um yeah, I, I really like that they, that they came across that. Also, Sazed and Tindu are definitely getting closer, which is nice. It's nice to see other, like, romance besides just Ellen and Vin. And I guess, well, not really. I mean, like, Kelsey and Mare were there, but that was all in, like, hindsight. And then we kind of have Breeze and Alvrien, sort of. I don't really know what's going on there. Uh, you know, but it is nice to see, like, other blossoming romance. Uh, that's always a nice little treat. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. That is this part. Um, very solid part. I think there's a lot of transitionary stuff, though. I think next part is going to be crazy. Um, next time, we got chapters 39 through 48. It's about another 10 chapters, just like this one, probably a similar length. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Let me know what you thought of this part. Anything I missed that you thought was pretty important? Um, any predictions for next part? We're getting closer to the book we got next week. And the week after will be it. And then we'll start Hero of Ages, which is the final book. And then I'm very excited after that. New books. Can't wait. Uh, but that's 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 far. That's, that's far in advance. Um, so right now, we'll just say, can we for next week? More Well of Ascension? Uh, that's it read it. <laughs>